0: Welcome to Journey North Anywhere. Welcome to the Adams family room again. I don't know why saying that makes me wanna go like that, but welcome regardless. We're in week two on a series we started last week called Running on Empty. And what I wanna do is I just wanna start with a little story from our family. Um, When Julie and I were first married, we lived for a year in an apartment, but then um, we, and actually her whole family, um, decided to move from Minnesota to get out of the cold and to move to Arizona. And so we moved down to Arizona and we lived there for three years. And uh, during that time, we discovered that the weather report never changed. Every day it was, tomorrow's gonna be hot and sunny. And when we got tired of that, we decided actually as a whole family, we decided we're just coming back. We're coming back to Minnesota. We're gonna uh, pack up everything and go. We had accumulated a lot in those three years down there, not the least of which was our first child, but a lot of stuff. And so Julie's dad had built a trailer. He had used it, it was a car hauler that he could haul cars in. So it would hold a lot. And we packed that thing top to bottom, front to back with with our stuff. And it was way overloaded. And so as I'm driving, I had to pay attention to the swaying, because at certain speed the trailer would start to wander like this, and it was so heavy it would start to push the back of the motorhome. And we had actually passed the motorhome and trailer that had rolled over on the side of the road, did not end well, didn't want that to happen. So I had to come up with how can I drive without it doing that? I can't pass a certain speed. So I could not go over 40 miles an hour. So I drove 40 miles an hour from Arizona. Minnesota. We came in this big caravan but nobody wanted to be in the caravan caravan with me because it was way too slow. So what they would do is we're connected by CB's that was the you know breaker one nine days and they would all take off doing the speed limit and here's me 40 miles an hour, 42 the trailer started swaying. So I'm doing 40 miles an hour paying attention to that swing and and they would drive way on ahead They would pull off into a rest area and I would drive and drive and drive. And when I got near the rest area where the CB could reach me again, I would find out that's the one they're at. I would literally pull into the rest area. They knew I was coming. I see them running and jumping into their vehicles. After they get done sleeping on the grass and playing Frisbee and stuff, they jump into the vehicles and take off. I didn't even get to stop. I just pull right out, keep going again. Um, And as I said, paying great attention to the swaying that I didn't want to have happen. But I was paying so much attention to the swaying that something I didn't pay attention to was that pulling that big a load, the gas went way faster. And I was worried because I didn't want to run out. The first time I recognized this, I'm, I'm coming up on a gas station on an exit and I realize I don't need gas. I look at how much gas I have, it's like half tank. And so the next gas station is you know, 110 miles or something. It's no big deal. I pass the gas station, I'm watching the gas gauge as I drive going down like this because it's such a heavy load. I didn't want to run out, there was nobody to help me. They were way ahead out of you know, CB range. So I won't tell you if I ran out of gas or not, but here's the point. The heavier the load that you're carrying, the faster you run out of gas. So today in this series, we're doing on running out empty. I want us to look at this issue of lightening your load, where we are, we're actually working way more during this crisis time to make things happen. Um, putting in a lot more hours. We're doing that while still cr- trying to keep from running out of gas. Because I'm going to say the overload has drained me at times, physically and emotionally. Just like an overload in your vehicle drains the gas more quickly. I haven't always responded the way I'd like to to things. And I know that some of you are really on overload. I get it. You're overloaded physically. You're overloaded emotionally. Some of you are overloaded relationally. You're overloaded with the extra work of making this whole school at home thing work. You know, you're doing your best with how all this affects your finances. All kinds of different things. And these things all load you down. And so while some are overloaded because all of the additional stuff going on, I know that some are bored silly. But the truth is you can be physically overloaded, but that mental and emotional overload is actually just as big a problem. In the Bible, there was a guy who really understood overload. His name was Job. And I love what Job says about his life in Job 6, verses 2 and 3. In the message, paraphrase, he says this, If my misery could be weighed, if you could pile the whole bitter load on the scales, it would be heavier than all the sand of the sea. Is it any wonder that I'm screaming like a caged cat? Now, that guy is on overload. That guy's burning out. That guy is running on empty. Jesus, in the New Testament, summarizes the secrets of stress management in three simple sentences. And we're going to look at those sentences today. And this is really all you need to know about stress management. All the books, the videos, the podcasts, the conferences, the pills, whatever, cannot equal the three statements of strategy for reducing stress that Jesus gives us. So I'm really glad you tuned in for part two of this series, because if you get what we're going to talk about today, it's going to change your life. The amount of stress in your life will not go down, but what's going to go up is it's not going to bother you like it used to. I can't control the circumstances that are going to happen in your life this week. You can't. Nobody else can. There are stresses in life, but you don't have to be stressed out by it. You don't have to be overloaded by it. So you can learn these three principles, these three essentials that Jesus summarizes in these verses, and if you do them, I believe this could be the turning point in your life in dealing with stress and worry and tension and anxiety and the problems you carry in life. So here's what Jesus says in Matthew 11, starting in verse 28. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and put it on you and learn from me because I'm gentle and humble in spirit and you will find rest for your souls. For the yoke I will give you is easy and the load I put on you is light. There are three important words in that passage I want you to get. I want you to take note of these words. Come, take, and learn because those are the three principles of stress management that'll change your life, If you will understand them and you apply them to your life, come, take, and learn. The first one Jesus says is this, come to me. If you want to lower the stress in your life, if you want to reduce the overload, here's how you lighten the load. Number one, come to Jesus. That's the starting point. Turn to him. That's the very first step. In the Bible, people come to Jesus for a lot of different reasons. People come to Jesus to ask him a question. People come to Jesus in the Bible to be healed. People come to Jesus because they're upset, because they got a conflict, they got a problem, they want advice, they want eternal life. But Jesus says, did you know that you could come to me for rest? And I'll bet you never thought of that before. You might come to Jesus for a lot of things in your life as well. You know, answers to prayer and encouragement. But Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And it's a special kind of rest. remember he said it was rest for your souls it's soul rest and that's the deepest kind of rest that you need you can't make it in life without soul rest you're going to go nuts you're going to fall apart you're going to throw in a towel your soul has to have rest that is much much deeper than physical rest the biggest source of stress for you is not just worn out muscles because in fact Many of us could probably exercise our muscles a lot more. Am I right? The issue is not really tired muscles that cause stress. The issue is a tired mind. It's tension. It's worry. It's fear. It's anxiety. It's guilt. It's resentment. It's problems that you're thinking about over and over in your mind, and that's what you need relief from. Most of our normal choices for de-stressing and unwinding, they don't work right now. You know, going to the movies, going out for dinner, those things aren't happening right now. Taking naps, now naps might still work, but it depends on how many people are in your home and what's going on there right now. And those aren't bad things. I'm not saying those are bad things, but they will never give you rest for your soul. You can take all the naps in the world, and it's not going to de-stress you in the soul region. It'll rest your body, but it won't rest your spirit, your soul. None of those things can rest your soul. There's only one thing that can rest your soul, and that's God. God can rest your soul. He can give you that inner peace that de-stresses you. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. He offers strength to the weak. And then he says, Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. The antidote to your overloaded soul is to wait on the Lord. So what does that mean? He's saying if you're stressed out, the answer is not a plan, a priority, a program, a philosophy, a pill. The answer is and always has been a person. He doesn't even say that the answer is coming to church because you can't do that right now. When you're overloaded, the starting point, there's only one person in the universe who understands soul rest, and that's God. And he says, come to me. So what does that mean? It means what you really need more than anything else when you're overloaded is you need more time with God alone. Now, I don't know when the last time you spent time with God alone was, but it says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. So what's it mean to wait on the Lord? It means you just be quiet and you sit there alone with God. I like to do this, I often like to do it outside. It actually works pretty good on a motorcycle too, but that hasn't happened yet this year. If I can't go out, I usually just sit in the chair. I sit in my chair, I close my eyes, I don't say anything but one sentence. I say, God, is there anything you want to say to me today? And then I just shut up. And I sit there and I be quiet. I'm waiting before the Lord. God, is there anything that you want to say to me today? And I just sit there. Most of the time, I don't have this like big, you know, revelation, big flash of lightning, you know, no brilliant insight, no great idea. I don't hear God specifically say something out loud to me. He doesn't need to. What he does is he puts thoughts in our mind. When God puts thoughts in your minds, it's called illumination or inspiration. When the devil puts thoughts in your mind, it's called temptation And every day you're choosing one or the other of those thoughts. You see, you have thoughts. God has thoughts. Satan has thoughts. And they all come into your mind at different times. So I just sit there. And sometimes I'm sitting there and a thought will come to my mind. And I know that God has spoken to me in that moment. You know how I know that? Because I check it out with the Bible. Because God's will will never contradict God's word and you ought to read your Bible, you ought to pray, that's talking to God and letting Him talk to you. But there is also this waiting before the Lord, and it's just being quiet. See, most people don't know how to be quiet. Don't nudge the person next to you right now, that would not end well. Some people always have to have a background noise, or they get nervous. In fact, I believe if I were to stop right now and not say anything for five minutes, Some of you would start to get really nervous or you'd think, you know, we broke the internet again or whatever. What he's saying here is be silent before God. Just come to Jesus. So how do you do that? Jesus says this. I I love in Matthew 6 in the message paraphrase, it says this. Good instructions. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from God, from you to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. That's what you want. You want the focus shifting from you to God and sensing His grace. Some of you have never done this. Others of you, you haven't done it in a while. You haven't done it in maybe weeks or months because things have been so crazy. That might be why you're overloaded. You need to spend time alone with God in silence, pray and read some of the Bible. We've been given an opportunity to do this now, not always by choice, but we have the time. So if you're running on empty today, the first thing you need to do, the very first thing is come to Jesus. It's not a pill, a program, a plan, like we always say here, it's a person. You come to Jesus, he says, come to me when you're heavy laden, you're burdened down, you're overloaded. He says, I'll give you rest. The second step is a little harder. Number two is give up control. So you come to Jesus, that's step one, and then you give up control, and that's step two. That's so important because the reason why you're on overload is because you are trying to control too much. You think it all depends on you. And you need to know this. Some people think, oh, I know a controlling person or I'm married to a controlling person or whatever. Here's the truth. Everyone is a high control person. In one way or another. Some are just very overt about it. Others are more sneaky about it. Here's Jesus' second solution. First, he says this Come to me, those of you with heavy loads, and I will give you rest. And then he says this Take my yoke upon you. Now, some of you are thinking, Wait a minute. That sounds like he wants me to take more on. That's not what I need. I need to take some of the load off. If that's what you're thinking, it means you don't understand what a yoke is and what it's for. So what's a yoke? It's not the yellow part of an egg, okay? A yoke was a single piece of wood that brought two farm animals together. It was made specifically to fit them so the load then would be shared so the load was lighter. And a yoke is not a harness. A harness, you put on one animal and they have to pull the load, the whole load. That's like you put a harness on an animal and they pull the cart with that, and they they have the whole load. With the yoke, you team up two or more together. So when you have two there, the load is halved, okay? It's lightened. The purpose is to make it easier on the animal, not harder. It's sharing the load together. And so Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. So what's the yoke? The yoke is a symbol. When Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, it's a symbol of two things. The first thing is it's a symbol of partnership. You were never meant to carry your load all by yourself. Jesus says, I'll help carry your load. And I'm pretty sure that he has a stronger back than you. You want to be yoked to somebody who's strong, right? If you're all stressed out and overloaded right now, it's because you're not connected to Jesus like you should be. And it's time to get reattached. And here's the proof of that. Jesus said this in the next verse, verse 30 of Matthew 11, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That means if your yoke is not easy, and your burden is not light, it means you're pulling it by yourself. That's the proof. It's time to get reattached. It's a symbol of partnership. The second thing it's a symbol of is a yoke is a symbol of control. Because farmers, they would yoke up farm animals so that they would go in the same direction to the same place, at the same time, at the same pace. You see, when you're yoked to another animal, you can't go faster, you can't go slower, you can't run off in a ditch because the other animal's saying, nope, we're not doing that, and you stay together. You see, we get into trouble when we're not yoked to Jesus. What happens is we go too slow or we go too fast or we go in the wrong direction, we get sidelined and we fall off in a ditch. Every time you're disconnected, you're gonna get into trouble. You're going to fall off in a ditch. But if you're connected to Jesus, he knows exactly where to go in your life, exactly where you need to go because he created you. He shaped you. See, a yoke keeps you from getting into trouble. It's a guidance mechanism. Psalm 55 says this, pile your troubles on God's shoulders. He'll carry your load and help you out. You see, when I'm yoked with Christ, we move together in the same direction at the same pace. Here's the truth. You're going to be yoked to something in life. In fact, you're already yoked to something. It might be your job. You might be yoked to the expectations of somebody else, you know, or, or maybe your parents or your husband or your wife or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. You might be yoked to making money, but you are tied to something. You might be yoked to your own ego. And I would say the yoke's on you. (laughs) Sorry, I won't do that again. Years ago, Bob Dylan used to sing a song. I remember when this came out. He said, you're going to have to serve somebody. It may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. You see, you may even just be yoked to yourself, which is really the worst burden and bondage of all. If you're going to be yoked to something in life, you might as well choose the lightest, easiest yoke. And Jesus says, my burden is easy. See, the actual word means my yoke fits perfectly. It was made for you. And notice it's an exchange. Jesus is saying, take your heavy, burdensome, stressful yokes, all of them, because we actually carry many of them. He says, take them off and put my yoke on, Jesus says. He says it fits perfectly, it's easy, and I will help you carry the load. So are you overloaded, stressed out, running on empty? Come to Jesus. Give up control. Then he gives us the third key, and this is extremely important, number three, learn to trust. The third thing Jesus says in stress management, learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart And you will find rest for your souls. He says, Learn from me. Why does he say that? Because Jesus modeled peace. He modeled how to live with purpose and with peace. The third step in lowering the stress in your life is to follow Jesus' model. And more on that in just a minute. But first, I want you to notice that it says, Learn. That's important because this isn't something that happens instantly, it's not something that happens overnight learning is a process. It takes time. You learn to reduce stress in your life. It's not going to leave you instantly. You know why? Because you didn't get in the mess you are in instantly. The stress that's built up in your life, the overload, the habits, you know, the work habits, the play habits, all those things over years, over time, you've been building to this level. Those things don't just fall off overnight. You know, it's like an onion. You know, you, you peel off a layer, there's another layer. And you just peel off a little bit at a time. Just like you learn how to be under pressure, you're going to have to learn, you're going to have to unlearn a certain number of things, and it won't happen overnight. So we learn to trust Him. See, you've tried everything else. I would say, why don't you try trusting God 100%. See if that doesn't reduce the overload in your life. Come to Jesus. Give up control and learn to trust, and see if that doesn't dramatically shrink the pressure in your life. The Bible says in Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, we come into a relationship with God through Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. He enters into our life. We were born again by the Spirit, and we're supposed to walk by the Spirit. Our lives get in step with God by letting Him set the pace. That's spending time with Jesus every day, listening to him every day, being in his word every day. So we all get invitations in life and that's changed a bit lately. You know, a few more digital invitations and real in-person invitations, but you know about invitations. You've had wedding invitations. You've had birthday invitations and graduation invitations. And um, I can tell you this, you're never going to get an invitation like this. This is the greatest invitation you will ever be offered in your entire life. Jesus says, come to me. That's what he's saying to you. I absolutely love this passage from the Bible that we've looked at today. It's one of my favorites, but I especially love it in the message version. Listen to it. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So my question is, what's weighing you down? Is it this whole health stuff that's going on? Is it kids? Is it your job? Is it anxiety that's weighing you down? What's weighing you down? Finances? You know, aging parents? What's weighing you down? Indecision about the future? This current crisis that we're in and all the the stress and the alarm and everything? The greatest thing that weighs you down is your separation from God. Trying to live without God. That's why Jesus says, come to me. And if you're trying to live without God, if you haven't met him yet, if it's still about all those other things and it's not about that person, Jesus even took that load on the cross. In 1 Peter 2.24, he says this, Jesus personally carried the load of our sins in his own body when he died on the cross so that we can be finished with sin and live a good life from now on. You see, our sin was the problem that separated us from God and Jesus took care of that. And we just need to come to him. So in a minute, we're going to pray. But let me ask you this. Have you ever come to Jesus with 100% of your life? It doesn't say come to a seminar or therapy. It doesn't say uh, even come to church. Not that those things are bad. But Jesus, that's not where the ultimate answer is. He says, come to me. The starting point of the unloading is to talk to Jesus about it and tell him exactly how you feel. Tell them what's frustrating you. Because we know sometimes even our best friends don't wanna listen to our burdens. Jesus will never ignore you. So why don't you pray this prayer right now in your heart? If this is what your heart is saying, I'm gonna pray it and you can just follow along. I think I'll even put it on the bottom of the screen. Just say this with me. Dear God, I'm tired of being tired all the time. I'm tired of trying to control everything. I'm tired of life without internal rest and peace. Forgive me for all the times I've turned to other things for relief instead of turning to you. Today, I come back to you. I wanna stop trying to control the things I could never control in the first place, forgive me. Forgive me for filling my life with less important things so that I have no time for what matters most, for having no time to just to sit and be quiet with you. I wanna learn from your model, Jesus. I want to get into your word on a daily basis so I can learn to be gentle and humble and I can have the peace that you offer. And if you've never invited Jesus into your life and come into that relationship with him, say this, Jesus Christ, come into my life right now. Forgive me and change me. And it's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, and you've come into a relationship with Jesus, I wanna say welcome to the family. Please let us know that. If you're watching on our website, there's a place you can click that's like a virtual hand raise that said, I committed my life to Jesus. Let us know, direct messages, you know, email us, telephone. I, you, can even, you can even send a letter. We'll get it eventually. But we wanna know because we're in this together. So I'd like to thank you and um, we're going to close today with a song.
1: They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing now. I stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now, I just can't. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down.